if there's up, there's down. If there's hot, there's cold. And believe me, I figured that out. I now live in Minnesota. I used to live in Florida where it was warm. There's this thing called the polar vortex. So if there's hot, oh, believe me, there's cold. But if there's darkness, there's light. We, we understand that. That's pretty easy to comprehend, right? If there's this, there's that. Well, why is it then that billions of people have walked around this planet and have denied this other truth? That if there's heaven, there's hell. There's so many people who reject that truth that hell actually exists and that hell is real. They think, well, we were an accident. We weren't intended to be here. We just happened to be here. We live, we die, that's it. Poof, game over. And they go, well, there just, there isn't a hell. Does that make hell disappear? If someone thinks in their mind, oh, there, there isn't a hell, does that make hell go away? That'd be like me saying in my, over my shoulder, there, there isn't a lamp in this room. By the way, do you know that we actually film in a space, in a room, there's not a green screen behind me? I get this question all the time. Uh, do you guys film in front of a green screen? If remember, we used to film with cars in the background and people would count the cars to see if it was on a loop. Like this is a legit room. This lamp, this lamp is, is here. If, if I were to say there is no lamp, that doesn't make the lamp go away. If, if someone says there is no hell, that doesn't make hell go away. This week, we're going to take a deep dive into looking at hell. We've got hell week here with our video devotions. And how I make these encouraging, I, I don't really know. Uh, we're going to learn a lot of the truths of hell. And the first truth that we're going to examine today and know today is this, is that hell is absolutely 100% real. Now, there's a lot of people who say that hell isn't real. And they say that to try to make themselves feel better. I can live however I want and there's no consequences, but that doesn't make hell go away. Someone who thinks there is no hell will say, you know, even the Bible's confused about hell, about whether or not it exists. They'll say when you look in the Old Testament, hell isn't even there that hell was invented, the concept was invented in the New Testament to control Christians, to control people. Well, that's not true at all. In the Old Testament, the word hell, sure, it doesn't show up. The word isn't there, but the concept, the truth, the place of hell absolutely is. In the Old Testament, you'll find a word called Sheol, S-H-E-O-L, Sheol. And Sheol is an interesting word. It can mean just death, the grave, or by context, it can mean that outer darkness of death away from God for an eternity. So hell is, it's always been there since basically the beginning of time. We find this truth in Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus says this, talking to us about when hell came into existence. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So hell was created. Hell was prepared when the devil rebelled against God. The devil was a perfect holy angel and those angels with him, but they rebelled. They lost that perfection. And so God had to kick him out of heaven. Only perfect people or creatures are in heaven. And he created hell. So hell has just always been, and in the New Testament, it's, it's pretty obvious. Hell is mentioned over and over again. It's for those who go to outer darkness because they have rejected Jesus in unbelief. 
tomorrow we're going to talk on that. Tomorrow we're going to talk about what it means to be an unbeliever, how someone goes to hell. But today, here's our truth. Hell is real. It's a real place. And saying it doesn't exist does not make it go away. But here's the joy. If there's darkness, there's light. If there's hell, well then there's heaven. And heaven is your home. If you believe in Jesus, you have trust that Christ is your savior from sin, you're never gonna have to experience how real hell is because you're gonna know how real, how joyous, how glorious heaven is. That's the gift that God gave Jesus. That's the gift that you have in Christ. Hell is real. Thank you, Jesus. So is heaven. Are you going to hell? That's a tough question. It's a question that we really do wrestle with uh, many times throughout our lives, but just even to hear someone ask it, it's really difficult. Because internally, inwardly, we know that we deserve it. You know that thing that you said that you would never do in your life and you did it? Will God really forgive you? Are you going to hell? Maybe there's a sin that has mastered you and you have tried and you have tried and you've tried to throw it from your life and to get it gone from you and yet it still keeps coming back in. You still keep falling into it and you're sorry and you're repentant and you do it again. Is God going to give up on you? Are you going to go to hell? And maybe, maybe you've really ticked somebody off, really made someone angry. It's something awful that you did. And they looked at you and they screamed that phrase, go to, well, go to hell. And as you wrestle with what you did, you go, I think I deserve it. Are you going to go to hell? Well, the truth that we're learning today and the series that we're having on hell and what hell is and what hell isn't, the truth we're learning today is that hell is for unbelievers. What makes someone an unbeliever? Well, an unbeliever is someone who has rejected Jesus. Simply put, an unbeliever is someone who has rejected Jesus' love and his forgiveness, doesn't want anything to do with God. That makes someone an unbeliever. If you die in that, well, then the person goes to hell. I absolutely cannot count. I've lost count of how many people have sat in my office and have said, with a heavy heart, Pastor, I, man, I think I'm going to go to hell. Like, I think I lost my faith. And I'm, I'm scared. I'm concerned. I need to talk to you about it. You know what I've said to those people? If, if you're wrestling with that right now, if you're kind of thinking, man, I, I don't know if I'm good with God. Like, I don't know if I'm in. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to heaven. I don't know if I've lost my faith. I'm going to say the same thing to you. If you have concern over your relationship with God, if you have ever any care on what God thinks of you, you know what that means? It means you do have faith. Bold faith, strong faith, in fact, because your, your faith cares about what God thinks of you. Your faith is stronger, so much stronger than you realize. You have faith, and so heaven is yours, not hell. We do have this struggle about whether or not where we are where we aren't with God. We go back and forth and back and forth. And you got to remember something about God. God's default setting is grace. Like at his core, God yearns, he longs to show mercy and grace. And so if you've messed up and you go, God, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know why I can't get my life together. God hears that. He loves you. 
he forgives you because that's what he's about. That's what he's all about in Christ. And we hear that just incredible truth in these words from 2 Peter chapter 3. That God, God is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Because when you repent, and when you say, God, please forgive me, God is full of grace, and he's full of mercy, and he loves you more than you ever know. You're going to heaven, not because of the size of your faith, but because of the size of your God, the grace, the amount of grace that's in your God of which you have faith. You're going to faith not because of how long, or going to, you're going to heaven not because of how long you've had that faith. You're going to heaven because of how long God has loved you and how much God desires to show you grace. Hell's for unbelievers. And if you care about what God thinks about you, the Holy Spirit has rooted faith in your life. Not hell, but heaven. Heaven is yours. When I was a kid, my parents had the rule that if you didn't eat everything on your plate, you were stuck there. Just stuck there at the dinner table until you ate absolutely everything. That was really painful for me. I despised peas. I don't know if you like peas or not. They were absolutely gross to me as a kid. These little green balls of mushiness. And my parents had this mountain of peas that they give me and I would be stuck there. 15 minutes, 47 minutes, and on and on and on. I remember this one time, I don't know if it was strategic for my parents or accidental, but I had my mountain of peas that I refused to eat. And my mom and dad said, ice cream for everybody. And we didn't get ice cream that much. It was a pretty special treat for us. And so here's everyone around, my mom, my dad, my two older sisters, my younger brother who also didn't like peas, so he may or may not have fed them to the dog or spit them in the, the trash. I'm not accusing you, Sean, uh, but uh, he also could eat ice cream too. And there I am with all my peas. You know how painful that was to have everyone else eat ice cream and I got absolutely none? I bring this up because there's a new truth that we're going to learn today about hell. Hell, hell is made worse by being able to see into heaven and to see everyone there celebrating and joyful while those who are in unbelief are cast out. How do we know that? How do we know that those that are in hell can actually see heaven? Well, for the Bible tells me so. There's this pretty well-known account in Luke chapter 16 where the rich man who dies in unbelief is in hell and Lazarus who dies in faith is in heaven. And the rich man's in hell and he looks up into heaven and he can see Abraham and Lazarus there. And there they are celebrating while he himself is kept out. Now that's not the main teaching or, or point of that story, that account in Luke chapter 16, but it does talk about that truth being there. I want to give you another reference. That's the better known one, but I want to give you one that's a couple chapters earlier. Uh, this is Luke chapter 13. And it teaches us that basic same truth. There will be weeping there, and the there is in hell. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. How incredibly painful that must be to be in this agony, in this always burning, never consuming fire that is hell and to look up and to see all those people that they used to mock and to ridicule or maybe people they even killed for being Christian 
all that goodness and all they have is pain. Hell. Hell is made worse by being able to see into heaven. Well, that begs the question then, when we are in heaven because of the mercy of Jesus and by his incredible grace, when we die in faith and we go to heaven, will we look down and will we be able to see hell when we look down? In all my reading and all my research, I have not yet found one passage that says anything about believers being in heaven and being able to see into hell. And the Luke 16 account, Abraham answers the rich man, but it doesn't say anything about him looking into hell or seeing into hell. And why would we? In heaven, there's nothing but joy and celebration and gladness. Our focus in heaven is on Christ. And why would we want to look away? The one who destroyed death so that we could have life eternal, the one who is light that gives joy to all, that will be our focus. That will be where our attention will be in heaven, celebrating Christ and looking there. So you and I don't have to worry about who is looking in or that they see in. We'll never be there. Because of Jesus, you'll be in the party. You'll be in the celebration. What a great place for us to be. There's a pretty unique restaurant that's really close to where I live, maybe 15, 20 minutes away. It's got great food and it's got great drink. Well, that doesn't you know, make it stick out from others. What makes this place unique is there are shelves and shelves and shelves of board games. And you're actually encouraged to come to eat and then stay and play to hang out with family and to hang out with friends, kind of make it like your own living room. It's a, it's a pretty cool place. They even have some old school projection TVs in there with old school Sega Genesis games, some vintage couches. My kids absolutely love it. Playing Sega Genesis or playing the board games, we, we hang out for hours and have a lot of fun. Well, one time while I was there, my kids were playing with this little boy that was in the room as well in the restaurant. And we got to know the dad. His name was Mike. And of course, you're doing that cordial thing back and forth. Oh, what do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? And when I told Mike that I was a pastor, he said something unique. He went, oh, um, okay, well, I, I just want to let you know that. Know this. Um, I'm going to hell. I know that I'm going to hell. I'm fine with going to hell. But I'm convinced when I get there, I'm going to take over. I'm going to be in charge. I'll make that place a party. I'm bringing in cold beer for everybody. It's going to be a blast. And then he took a swig of his beer, set it down, and moved on as if that wasn't crazy at all, what he had just said. But you know, Mike's not alone. There's a lot of people in this world that have this rather carefree attitude about hell. And you hear it. You hear it in the simple little ways that people use the word hell. Like, how was that meaning? Oh, it was hell in there. Do you want this? Like, hell, I don't. And people use it as if it's a descriptive of something that's eh, not that bad, but you can get through. Hell, the truth we're learning about hell today is this, that hell is a place of severe, absolutely severe suffering. I mean, constantly in the Bible, it says that hell is a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. And maybe that's a truth that you already know, but here's one that's a little bit deeper about hell and its suffering. Did you know the Bible seems to indicate that there's different degrees of suffering that is in hell? It's kind of mentioned different places within the Bible. Let me give you this unique account here. So this comes from Matthew chapter 11. And it says this, 
But I tell you, it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. Talking about these other places that rejected God. And these places will have their suffering be a little bit less. What does that mean? I guess we really don't know. But I know this. I know I don't need to know the difference between a first degree burn and a third degree burn to know I don't want either one of those. What's the different levels or degrees really of suffering in hell? We don't really know. And I don't want to know. And because of Jesus, you're not going to know. You're not going to know that truth of hell, that hell is this place of severe, severe suffering. And why? Well, Jesus went through that suffering for you. Jesus went through the fires of hell so that you don't have to. Jesus walked through hell victorious, victorious over the devil so that you and I never have to experience what it would have been like for us to be there. And instead, you and I get to celebrate. We get to enjoy incredible joy, incredible bliss. That's our heaven. That's our home. And that's our future. Let's not downplay the severity of hell by using hell as this little adjective or descriptive word that we casually toss around. Because hell is a place to fear. But not when you have Jesus. Because you have him. You have heaven. Hell is real. Hell is for unbelievers. Hell is made worse by seeing into heaven. And hell is severe suffering. Those are the four truths that we have learned so far this week as we've been doing this kind of deep dive into what hell is and what hell isn't. And this fifth truth, this last truth, it makes all these other ones actually worse. So what is it? What is this last truth that we're going to look at? That hell is eternal. The suffering won't end, the pain won't end, the terror won't end, the always burning, never consuming fires of hell will not end. The fear of how it can get worse and worse and worse, it will never ever end. It's just, it's terrifying. That truth, that hell is absolutely real. There's so many people that downplay that, that hell is not eternal or that it's not that big of a deal. But the reason why anyone is in hell is because they valued something in this life over Jesus. And what's really bad and what's really painful about being in hell is the value of that thing that cast you into hell, it's going to diminish and depreciate in its value throughout eternity. Going, why? It just wasn't worth it that I valued that over Jesus. Think of the account I mentioned earlier this week from Luke chapter 16. The account of the rich man and Lazarus. Rich man doesn't value Jesus. He valued his wealth and so he rejects Jesus. He goes to hell. Let's say that rich man was alive 75 years here on this planet. It's been about 2,000 years since that account was written. That means about 3%, only about 3% of his existence was he actually wealthy. The regret of that must ache and ache and ache into eternity going, it just wasn't worth it. There's this guy in the New Testament, his name was Saul. And for quite a while, he valued so many things other than God. And he was proud of those things. He didn't want Christ in his life whatsoever. He even persecuted Christians. Later, he became a believer in Jesus. And all these things he used to value, he now didn't value anymore. Let me read this from you. 
This is in the book of Philippians, and Paul gives us this encouragement. He said, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What I used to value above God, now they're a loss. What is more, he continues, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. And what's really cool is the word that Paul specifically used here for loss is the same word that is used when you throw cargo off of a ship in order to save that ship from sinking down. The cargo is valuable. I mean, it's the reason why you sail the ship in the first place. It's got value. It's got worth. But when the ship is about to go down, you consider it loss. You chuck it in order to save the ship. What is it in your life that you're starting to value above Jesus? What is it in your life the devil's tempting you to think is more important than Christ? Consider it a loss. Make it a loss. Throw it away because those things hold no value compared to the priceless gift, the priceless worth that is Christ. Hell is eternal. And the people that are stuck there have that regret of what they valued over Jesus. May we consider those things a loss and value what is most valuable, the incredible gift that God has given to you, that Christ loves you and Christ has redeemed you. And so you're never, ever going to have to experience the regret of heaven. You have, you will have the joy of heaven. I really hope that today's devotion was a blessing to you and gave you all the grace that you need to get through this day. I'm not sure if you realize, but we can't make videos like this without you. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy, and a lot of expense to produce what we produce and be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Which is why I want to ask you today to give. To give your prayers, to give some of your time in your conversations with our Heavenly Father, and if you're able and willing to give your support. We would love to give more Jesus, more grace, more hope, and more life through these videos. We know people just like you, just like me, need it so desperately. So thanks for your support. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, what's up everyone? Pastor Mike here from Time of Grace. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. Uh, we certainly would love this message to reach more and more people. So if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing this podcast, it would bring it to more people's eyes and we pray this message into more people's hearts. Thanks for your support and we'll talk to you soon.